Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of First. <laughs> I almost said the wrong show. Uh, the Sam's Report. Um, so, as I alluded to last week, I'm supposed to be in Africa right now, and as you can tell, this is this is not Africa. This is my studio. Um, oh, I actually left the TV on. Usually, I turn that off, but I guess it kind of works with it on. Um, you can see another light reflection there and there, trying to make this place nice and pretty. So I am obviously not in Kenya right now, where I'm supposed to be. And it has been a hellish week in my life. Um, I'll try to keep it vague and descriptive, but you can let your mind wander, and I can tell you it's going to wander to exactly the correct place. So, uh, jumping to last week, um, last Tuesday, yeah, last Tuesday, I got the yellow fever shot. You know, right in the arm. Actually, technically, they put it in the back of the arm, which was a really weird spot and made my arm, uh, whatever. Uh, and they say, hey, you know what? If you're going to have a reaction to this, it's going to be in 7 to 10 days. It's like, okay, cool. Cool. Um, 7 to 10 days, whatever. You know, it kind of slips your mind. And exactly about uh, 7 and a half, well, 6 and a half days after it, uh, I went to the doctor on Monday, Monday around lunchtime. I think it was around lunchtime or whatever. And I thought I, I had a sore throat. And I was like, ah, whatever. And so I go in and... They thought it might be strep throat or whatever, so they gave me a you know a high-powered antibiotic, and I should have been like more cognizant about what I was doing because one of the reactions to uh, this uh, yellow fever and some of the other drugs I got is a sore throat, and like that can be the kickoff sign. And so I started taking the medicine, and like 12 hours later, um, blood started coming out of places that blood is not supposed to, which is not a good thing if you're about to go to uh, Africa. Granted, I'm sure they have fine medical care, but um, I, I don't know if you're... I'm trying to figure out the most sensitive way to say this. When you live in a place like the U.S., your body gets accustomed to the medical care in the U.S., and you build up Im immunities and that kind of stuff. And Africa has a whole different set of things that will kill me, and bleeding is just about as bad as you can get in a place that your body is not accustomed to. Um, not to mention, we were kind of told that says, hey, if you have a fever, don't go. Not And put all that on top of uh, 18 hours for me, 16 hours for Paul. Uh, it's 18 hours of flying to get there. And so you can imagine having blood come out of places that it's not supposed to on an airplane or in Kenya would not be a good situation. So uh, we ended up canceling the trip. Um, I do suspect we will get to go back. Uh, they have other events that they said they can invite us to. I'm not worried about that. Delta was fine. And, you know, it's not a big like financial burden. It was just literally like I am about to get on a plane and I have blood um, pouring out of places that it's not supposed to. And so went to the doctors, many doctors. And you can imagine when you have blood coming out of places they're not supposed to, they have to investigate very intrusively. Uh, would be the best way to do it. And I'm actually not supposed to be sitting down. So if you see me squirming a little bit more today, it's because this is not exactly comfortable. I, I've been pretty much laying almost extensively since uh, Tuesday, and I'm supposed to continue to lay up until I think through Monday. Yeah. But I love the podcast. I've said that many, many times, and it, it does. I have to get off my feet or up off my back at some point just because, you know, you get restless and so here we are um not in africa we will do another big trip this year i i know it actually we've already started talking about and planning it so uh that is why i'm not in africa i am recovering i sincerely appreciate everybody asking um i, I just appreciate it. i don't know what else to say it, it's just a long kind of thing what happened was um long story short they believed we, we won't ever really know 
is that when they got the injection, my white blood cell count went really high. They think that my body just attacked the, the, the virus because it's a live virus that they put in you for yellow fever, much like the, the flu. And my body just kind of went overdrive trying to combat that and attack some other things that it shouldn't have. So mostly my gastrointestinal tract. So that has been my life. Um, you know, I have, I've had a lot of men behind me uh, helping me get better. <laughs> and you can do with that imagery with whatever you want. But the show must go on. Life goes on. I will be fine. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Uh, big news. Uh, Windows this week. Actually, a lot, of, a lot of interesting kind of things to keep in mind. Um, one of the first things is Microsoft is now bringing extensions to their Outlook mobile app. And that's it for iOS. Uh, it'll be coming to Android soon. I have very mixed feelings about this. I'm still upset that they got rid of their Sunrise application and they put their calendar inside the Outlook app. I wish they would have kept it separate. So as you can imagine, them bringing more stuff inside a single application isn't exactly uh, something that I, I love. I don't know if I will really ever use these extensions. But if you love the Outlook app and you love extensions and you love Microsoft stuff, I mean, there's some third-party stuff, especially if you're like an Evernote user. Uh, there's some GIFs, GIFs or GIFs, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, Dynamics 365. It's worth checking out. It's not meat for me. I'm personally of the thought that I like applications to do one thing and one thing well. I don't even use the calendar in the Outlook app. I wish I could turn it off. I'm right now using uh, just the default iOS calendar, which I probably should find a replacement for. But, you know, uh, that's the way it is. So that is it. Uh, they also said that out this Outlook app is turning two. I can't, I don't think it was two years ago that they bought Accompli. So that was probably the launch of the original Accompli mail app. And then Microsoft obviously bought them, rebranded it to Outlook, and there we go. And so that is that. Uh, other things that are kind of going on is it's becoming pretty clear that for Microsoft, the future, and, and this is going to sound like a broken record because this happened uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, Microsoft, the future of Microsoft is UWP. They're, they're continuing, and I think we're going to see a resurgence of more efforts of trying to get more people to use UWP than .exe and that and abandon the old architecture. Uh, just be looking for that theme as things go on. I'm starting to hear some more stuff about what's coming uh, potentially at build. And I, I honestly think that they're going to be, again, pushing UWP. Not that they're going to give it up. Uh, with more features, more functionality, and they're going to have more ways, I'm hoping, for people to get apps into the store because Microsoft is pretty much going to start betting its future on this stuff. Uh, so it's not going to go away. And uh, what is it, the Valve guys or Tim Sweeney is still having a heart attack over this Windows Cloud stuff uh, because more information about Windows Cloud came out. And this is where things are starting to go. So we heard from Windows Cloud, uh, which I kind of uncovered through Cloud Shell, and then it, it looks like it's a whole f skew of Windows, um, which uh, Mary Jo pulled up, actually was able to uncover that, hey, Cloud Windows Cloud is a skew of Windows that only runs UWP applications. If this sounds very familiar, it should. It's Surface RT. Uh, what we don't know at this point, really, what I'm really curious to see is... Is this an ARM-only play, or is this going to work on Intel? Because remember, Windows RT only worked on ARM chips, and so this obviously isn't ARM uh, an ARM announcement. We, well, they haven't even announced it yet. I don't know. Um, if they bring if they bring Windows Cloud to Intel chips, what's the real advantage? Unless it's free, uh, um, I mean, you can imagine that scenario. That hey, if you if you get Windows Cloud, what if they just gave away Windows Cloud for free? Right, you go buy you go buy a Surface Pro. Um, this is actually my wife's. I'm very proud of my wife. She got a Surface Pro. 
uh, Surface Pro 4. Uh, it should be on the charger there. So the interesting thing is, what if you go buy a Surface Pro 4 and it comes with, or Surface Pro 5, let's just say, and it comes with Windows Cloud, and it's it's actually cheaper. Like, uh, Surface Pro 4 with Windows Cloud, let's just make up a price, is 700 uh, A Surface Pro whatever with Windows 10 Pro is 100 bucks more. It's an interesting idea. Maybe a way for them to lower the price point of PCs, lower the price point of everything else. Um, I'm actually wondering if that's the route. Now that I'm think, now that I'm saying this out loud, I'm actually wondering if that's going to be the whole point of this. It's going to be a lower cost edition of Windows. If it's on Intel, it would make sense that you could potentially upgrade it. We don't, we don't know that it's coming on Intel. This is just kind of speculation at this point until some people will actually get their hands on the bits. Um, but Windows Cloud is coming, and I. I think we'll definitely see it sooner rather than later. The question is, they'd have to talk about it at build, I would think, because if they're going to push people into UWP applications uh, and then they're going to start selling a cloud, a UWP only Windows version of a uh, Windows version, um, hmm, maybe that's the story. Maybe that's the narrative, guys, that they're going to sell Windows Cloud. It's going to run on anything and you can maybe upgrade it, I guess. Well, we, well, I usually don't do this. I usually don't think out loud like this on the show. But what I'm thinking here is that we already know that ARM, uh, ARM chips, the latest Snapdragon 830, can run uh, x86 applications through emulation. Like, this is actually really interesting. Think about this. So, that, yeah, I think that might be the whole story, that Windows Cloud runs on Intel or ARM. Um, it can be upgraded, potentially, yeah, and then it's a lower cost version because imagine, imagine you could then really lower the price of entry for some Windows machines. Interesting, interesting, really, really idea. So be on the lookout for Windows Cloud. Um, that might be the whole narrative. I don't know. There, there, there seems like there has to be more. It has cloud in the name, but Mary Jo doesn't seem to think it has anything to do with the cloud. So there you go. Uh, interesting stuff that is really going on with this Windows Cloud. That's kind of where I'm focusing a lot lately. That's where a lot of people are looking because obviously we know the creators update, which speaking of the creators update, Microsoft pushed out a new, was it one build or two builds this week? I've been kind of out of it for a couple days. Uh, they pushed out a new build of Windows, but here's what's kind of important about it. You notice that this latest release of Windows 10 didn't have a lot of new features in it. Um, I, I'm the firm conviction that we are past the builds that are going to introduce just hundreds, of, you know, not hundreds, but dozens of new features. We are on that tail end. Microsoft has already passed the point of no return of, uh, you know, all features have to be, they're at a feature lock state, I believe, uh, unless they get special permission. Uh, so they're at feature lock and they're moving to a bug smashing uh, scenario, which is good and bad. I mean, it's, bad if you kind of living on the edge and having things that half work it's good i honestly think we'll see that cadence of new builds start to kick back up i know that donna and a couple other the people related to that team are in africa this week they're at next tech africa that's where i was supposed to be um little shift in the weight there uh so i wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if we start seeing builds really coming out faster now wouldn't come out um as team 56 it says is the second bug bash for redstone 2 i firmly believe that is we're microsoft internally at least the people who are developing features are definitely shifting to redstone 3 which should come out uh second half late second half of 20 2017 and uh do, 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 do. so we will see we will see what happens here um so just know that Red, redstone 2 is coming down 
And so that's, it's not that it's not interesting anymore, but it's kind of like, okay, we understand the whole narrative here. Now we're just waiting for the announcement about when it's going to be released. Then we have this Windows Cloud thing that's going on, uh, but we don't quite know of. And it's going to, I suspect we're going to learn a lot more as we run up to build, which again, build is in May. And so the, the, the other thing that's floating around here is we have Surface Book 2 and Surface Pro 5. We have the creators update. Uh, we also have Windows Cloud. And so what, I, what I'm not sure yet is, are all these things going to mash together to create an event for Microsoft, or are they going to do it all at build? It seems a little heavy to do all at build. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Um, I can't imagine, I, I mean, they could. It, they very much could go up on stage and say, hey, here's the Surface Book 2 and Surface Pro 5 during their keynotes. They could absolutely do that, although that's usually not what they do at build. Um, I don't think they would do a quiet release. Remember when they did the Surface 3, that was, they had no event for that. Um, they just put us all under embargo, shipped us devices, and that was the end of that. So, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. I think this is going to be a very interesting spring for Microsoft. There's just a lot of things going on. All that stuff is going on. So, we will see. We will see. This is definitely going to be a shorter show, although that is some like some really content-dense information. I would love to know if anybody has any thoughts about um, putting all that. If you can create a good narrative out of that, that's a really, it's a really interesting idea that they have this. They they have a lot going on. This is very unlike Microsoft to have so many big things just kind of simmering that are on the cusp of announcement. I wonder if we're going to have another hardware event. That's where my brain's at right now. Because um, you could imagine they have a hardware event where they talk about Surface Book 2, Surface Pro 5. They release the creator's update at that event. Say, ta-da, here it is, because you know they're going to launch. That would make sense to launch a Surface Book 2 with the creator's update and Surface Pro 5 with the creator's update, whatever features those devices include. I don't know if they would talk about Windows Cloud at that event, but that seems like maybe how they're going to tie all this together. And so I've been hearing potentially April for Surface Book 2, Surface Pro 5. So if they're going to have an event, I would imagine it's in April. Um, I don't think they would have the one this month. At least I hope not. Um, anyways, so that is kind of what has been happening in the world of Microsoft. The things that are going on in my mind as uh, we approach a very interesting time in the Microsoft world. So I'm going to dive into some questions here. Somebody asked about Pixel Sense. Uh, in the, the chat room, I can't really respond. I can't type because that would be crazy. Um, yeah, so Pixel Sense is essentially dead. So Pixel Sense is that big table thing. I'd actually love to get one of those. If anybody knows where you can get one, I would, I would probably buy one of those. Um, although I don't want to spend a whole bunch of money because it's just going to be like a toy that sits. But Pixel Sense is a technology they built. I, I don't think anything too much came from it. Um, so we shall see. We shall see. Um, Pixel Sense, I don't, it, like, there was a thought that maybe they were going to bring it to, like, their service hub and that kind of stuff. And I, I, I don't see that happening, mostly because the Pixel Sense works on a vertical plane. I, I don't know, maybe that doesn't really matter about, you know, Surface, Pixel Sense was a table, Service Hub goes on a wall. Um, yeah. So, anyway, somebody said that somebody bought one for 600 bucks. I don't know if I would spend 600 bucks on a Pixel Sense. That's a lot of money for something that's not really worth that much money it's a nostalgia thing i mean i've played with it a bunch but anyways so we got a bunch of questions here uh jim chaplin says brad are you doing better yes thank you appreciate you asking uh he says we saw a lot of a lot of nice bits of ui polish coming in the creators update like brightness and volume slider and action center 
Uh, if we're losing my people, are we at least going to see those additions? As far as I know, we're supposed to. Um, we're supposed to be able to see those. We're supposed to be able to see that stuff. That's As far as I'm aware, that's coming. UI stuff is always very late in the game because UI, granted, UI work is not always perfect, um, but generally they want to get the functionality of the feature working and then introduce UI elements because UI elements add another layer of comple complexity. And if you... If something's broken, you don't want to say, okay, is it just the UI stuff or is it the actual feature? So you kind of, you do feature and then UI work is typically how they do it. So I, I fully expect that. Um, are we going to see Neon, which people have been losing their mind over? No, I, I, I don't think that's coming at all. Um, not in this. That's, that's, I'm hearing that's definitely a Redstone 3 thing, uh, along with some other features that were actually supposed to be in 2, like my people are getting pushed to uh, Redstone 3. So Pierre Mass... Messe, PRMSA, uh, do I, what, do you think it's all right to leave my boy with Uncle Ernie? I have absolutely no idea. If he's a nice guy, sure. Uh, Mo Jennings, he says, is the new Surface Pro 3 worth, oh, is the Surface Pro 3 worth getting or should I wait for the next version to come out? Just got an email from Newegg for $589. Whoa, that's a, that's a good price. Uh, for i5, 8 gig of RAM, uh, 256 gig of storage. I do not have a tablet or, or laptop. Just a custom PC and a Nokia icon. Holding out on that Windows phone. I've got a couple icons. It's a good phone. Uh, honestly, I might wait, wait until the end of the year when I pay off my washer and dryer. Okay. So, uh, about that, $589 is a really good deal. Like, here, here's, here's my honest thing. The processor that's in the Pro 3 is fine. Um, like, it's plenty quick. So, it's not like you're... Granted, yes, the Pro 4 is going to be faster and the Pro 5 will be even faster. But it's not like you're going from, um, say, like a, a Dodge Neon to like a, a Dodge Viper. Well, I don't know. Didn't they sell the Viper? Um, it, it's a marginal improvement. So from a, a raw performance perspective, especially with a solid state drive on there, 8 gigs of RAM, I think it would be fine. The thing you have to consider um, is if Windows Hello is good for you. Um, if you really want the features that are in the Pro 4, if you look at the Pro 4 and say, you know what, that doesn't really have anything that I want, um, by all means, get that Pro, 5, Pro 3. F 589 for that machine is a very good price, and it will stay relevant and fast enough for many, many years to come. So, yeah, I, it, that's a, it's up to you, but obviously that's a good value. It's definitely a good value, uh, by all means. Oh, uh, Steve Layton asks, <laughs> this is, this is a funny one. I'll have to explain. He says, can you rank the Star Wars films in order of your favorite to least favorite? Okay. So I kind of have an embarrassing, uh, thing here to talk about. Um, embarrassing. I mean, I've had literally people behind me this week, so this isn't embarrassing. That's not even embarrassing. It's just medical stuff. Anyways. So, so when it comes to Star Wars, Paul and I in Las Vegas at CES watched Rogue One and, I have seen some Star Wars stuff over the years, but I've never seen a lot of it. Um, I've never, I've never actually watched um, episodes three or four, and so it basically, I it's been so long and so, and I was so young when I saw some of the other stuff. I don't really know the story, and so we watched Rogue One, which is actually like the first one in the series, and so then I watched Star Wars what was three. Is it A New Hope? Um, somebody I know will correct me if I'm wrong. It's the first. Star Wars from the 70s. So I watched it for the first time. And so somebody's asking me to rate them. Um, I actually like... The one that I watched this week was really good. Rogue One. So here's... 
Rogue One was very good. I liked it a lot. Um, I think what's catching me up is that the acting in the first Star Wars is not so great. Darth Vader uh, kind of reminded me of like a high school play. Like it, there, what the acting was not so good, mostly because hey, this is the '70s. This is a new franchise and whatnot. So I need to kind of my intent was to just start kind of watching these because they're they're good movies uh, and catch up on the story. So uh, yes, as MoJ comments in the yes it is uh actually a new hope is the name is so that's the one i watched on wednesday night after i got back from like my ninth doctor's appointment um so i watched that and so maybe i will over time here catch up on some of the other ones and uh yeah so anyways uh, a new hope it was a good movie like obviously i i uh, clearly there's a franchise opportunity here um i liked it so and then sam bullion asks he says uh, do you expect integrated beam streaming to make an, a dent on the streaming service market? Uh, this is a good question. Twitch is dominant and YouTube Live is gaining popular. So if you're not familiar, let's take a step back here. Microsoft bought a company called Beam. I believe it's B-E-A-M. And they are a Twitch competitor. If you're not familiar with Twitch, Twitch is a game streaming service where you can watch people play games. Um, esports is growing. And regardless of your opinion about it, it is becoming a huge and popular thing. Uh, I myself will occasionally watch stuff on Twitch. And so Microsoft, not wanting to miss out on this, has bought in Beam. They couldn't buy Twitch because Amazon bought Twitch. And so now they're integrating all this stuff into Windows. And so the question is, will it do will it make a dent into Twitch's dominant market and YouTube Live for that matter? So here's here's the unknown at this point. So Microsoft is building in Beam support into their latest uh, end of the creators update into gaming, and they're going to be pushing this heavily. The question is is can they build it in natively to work better than Twitch can? If again, and this is the same thing, same issue they have with Windows Phone. Um, it it's not enough to be comparable. It's not enough. You can't just say, hey, we're feature complete uh, and we, we match exactly Twitch. Twitch has already won, right? They've already won if you're feature comparable. So Microsoft has got to find a better way to make Beam better than Twitch. Now, because they are building it into the OS, uh, they very well could. They can make it more optimized. They can give higher resolutions. Um, they can do more fun things because they control most of the experience now. And not to mention they're going to be tying it into uh, Xbox, which well, I'm pointing to my TV back here because that's where I play. Uh, with this but Lee controller by the way I think that thing's getting refreshed so look for sales on that stuff um I I am hopeful beam takes off I, it's always good I'm a big believer that the more and I've say this on every podcast it seems like every time the more competitors we have the better off we are and so there you go uh will they the, to, to truly answer your question I think it's going to take time we, we need to see what Microsoft's battle plan here is for beam I think it will beam will do well long term but there's a long, very, I was going to say, there's a lot of road ahead. There's a long road ahead. We're in the very early days of esports becoming mainstream um, just in the past couple of years. And so it's not a, an oversaturated market. Uh, there's plenty of time for Microsoft to, to um, you know, kind of carve out their own niche or take a large slice of that pie. So uh, one other thing this week that I wrote up just because I don't want to not talk about enterprise stuff because I do love that stuff. Uh, Google Cloud Platform, which is Google Cloud, announced this week that you can now run, uh, they have pre-configured VMs of SQL Server and SQL Server Enterprise. If that makes sense to you, you can go check it out. I wrote up on Petri. It's just another way that Google is uh, working to become a serious competitor in the cloud arena. They have a very long way to go, but it's clear that 
uh, they are getting serious about the cloud and this is just one of their further initiatives. So I am going to end it on that note because I am at this point really uncomfortable and I need to stand up. You're not supposed to sit. The reason why they say sitting kills you is because all your blood sits right in your gut, which is where I had all the issues and the lesions and other stuff. So standing up, most of the blood goes to your legs or laying down, you know, it's kind of dispersed. Um, so anyways, I'm going to end it here. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I hope, uh, if you, if you, if you have any good thoughts about the narrative that Microsoft is building here with cloud surface book two, surface pro, uh, five, uh, windows on arm coming this fall, which maybe, maybe, maybe that's tied into the cloud too. windows cloud. I don't know, but this is the, this is the cool stuff. This is why I like Microsoft because there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of things going on right now that, uh, are really really fascinating, and this is why it, this is why it's fun to watch Microsoft. This is this is where I don't want to say where the golden age. Um, the golden age was probably the late '90s when they just dominated everything that they looked at, but it's getting really interesting again. So, you know what? I'm gonna end it here, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all the well wishes. I'll be right back here, uh, Sam's report next week. Have yourselves an excellent weekend. <laughs>